This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, everybody. Hope everybody's uh, okay. And nice weekend. Uh, we yep. welcome in tonight the gin drinker of South Suburban. Hello, Hello. 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 And of course, as always, all over the buttons there he is with his headphones on, the one only Mr. Chris Brown. Good evening. Oh, that's great to have Birmingham City fan, uh, guru, media man, Mr. Colin Tatum. No. In the Colin. But uh, we've got a crap show coming up tonight. Um, nothing's organised as always. And we just muddle through the 90 minutes as we do. But you know what? We do. We muddle through well. We muddle through well. Yeah. Uh, topics before we carry on. Must apologise just before we carry on. Uh, I am just reading the sad news that have been released by the club mm-hmm. um, that uh, the fan and who was supporter of the year last year, Gary Williams, has unfortunately passed away. Mm-hmm. Oh, so our thoughts and uh, condolences to all of the family, as I'm sure every fan of Birmingham City and across the club will say the same thing. Mm. What a lovely guy. Absolute true gent. Mm. Yeah, he's a great guy, was such, such yeah. a fighter as well. I think mm. he was an inspiration to everybody with what he was suffering, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Condolences to the family, it's, it's awful. Oh, you know what? That, that, I, I, yeah, I'm struggling. Right, I'll come on tonight with a happy go lucky kind of normie kind of, and then we hear something like that, and it mm. like, brings you back to earth, doesn't it? Massive boost, fan. What a shame. It's only, in all honesty, just been released as well. It hit my Twitter account just as you were doing the intro. Really? Really? I'm sure the club will um, do something for him for a decent send-off. Definitely. What what a supporter. What what an individual. What a person. 
You're listening to the Tilt and Talk Show, live every Monday, 6.30pm on Facebook and YouTube, and available as a podcast from Tuesday, 12pm. Who was at the game, Sunday? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Claire was, Watto was, Mark. Yep. Yeah, uh, Colin. Yep. Mm-hmm. In, in what capacity, Colin, as a supporter? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, always, always. Love it, love it, love it. Love it, love it. Oh, always. yeah. Um, <laughs> me and my lad watching it, so big game. Hey, do you know what, Colin? Isn't it wonderful when you can sit next to your children at a game of football and you know that your dad took you and your uncles and your aunties and your sisters and your brothers have been there and uh, and now it's my children and my grandchildren? Uh, Absolutely. It's been a bit odd for me as well because in the working capacity, I've not really been able to do that. But now... Um, I have, and it's it's great. And also, um, he's of an age now where he's wanted to go to away games as well, which is uh, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 17. So, take him down yeah. the concourse and do it separately <laughs> with him. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be very careful with the, the company uh, uh, I'll mix with on a, oh, on a match day, to be honest. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right, OK, so, Colin, you were there. Your take on that game? Because I, I was at work watching it on... Blues TV, and my God, that first goal was a world-class goal, in my opinion. He yeah. took that so well, and the pass was just sublime. It was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Goosebump alert, ladies and gents, goosebump alert. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was obviously such a, a massive result, not so much about how we played, but it, it was just needed, the three points come what may. And I think John Eustace matched us up with Rotherham 4-2-3-1 and, and that sort of front four uh, were very, very good for that opening spell, that, that half an hour. And as you say, fantastic goal, a big switch to the left. And Juki had one of his games where he, was, he had such an impact in, on so many levels and, you know, a piece of brilliance from Kadra, wasn't it, which, which really settled everything down. And, and I felt from then on, we, we were pretty much in control. And even when... They had their, uh, their big spell in the second half um, after they changed their system, which gave us a bit of problems. I just thought um, the, the defensive aptitude from the, the team was superb. And it was really was, you know, dig out a win and um, at any cost in many respects. But it was, you know, so welcome and, you know, fair, fair play to the, the players and, and also to the management. Obviously, I know John Eustace has been under a lot of pressure, um, you know, nine defeats and 11 in the league. Not ideal, um, but he, he got that right, and he got a performance out of the players. And I think it is fair to say that, you know, those he, he's he's not lost those players once this season. Um, whereas in the last couple of years, I think towards the end of, of managers' tenures, that was it, it was obvious in some of the performances. I don't think you could say that um, uh, this season, regardless. I th- I, well, we we discussed at length on this show, and we we. We all agree that we had a very difficult time after the World Cup, mm. and it was like it was like when we were saying, you know, we were suggesting perhaps the players had, had, had achieved their goal of getting to a World Cup final, and then all of a sudden say, "Well, that's it. I've done that now. I don't need to put an effort in." And that was that was our opinion as, as Birmingham City yeah. fans. Yeah, to say at the weekend though, um, Bielik probably one of the, the best games that he's had since mm. since the World Cup. Um, but also, he, he, but uh, Craig was honestly a toothless performance. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible joke. I was gonna, I was gonna wish him well after what had happened. I mean, uh, 
it's still beyond Hello. me how the player stayed on the field, let alone anything yeah. else. Just call me Christian. We'll we'll call you, we'll call you a few things. Don't worry, you don't worry. Plenty of time for that. Yeah, I mean the, the way the, the whole team and, and Collins is that echo really what you'd said. The, there was that fight and, and passion from the very first kick of the game on Saturday that we, we potentially haven't seen across the board. But Duke was unplayable. And to me, we said last week that was Ruddy the right person to be captain? And I think that actually Saturday we saw Duke leading from the front. And on many occasions... He pulled the players to one side and was talking to them separately. And even the defence, he wasn't afraid to give them a roasting. And that's just perfect. It's what you need. On-field leaders throughout. And uh, yeah, he, he was man in a match by an absolute mile on Saturday. Mm. Uh, and, and fair play to him because he ran his backside off. What a shift. Yeah. You know, you, you, you get to that stage in your career and he's, he's not a spring chicken anymore, Right. But when you pull a shift in like that, like that is fan appreciation 100%, 100%. Mark, your take. Pretty much echoing what um, Colin and Craig have said. I mean, like Juki, I mean, hand on heart last season, we thought, yeah, Juki can barely run, you know, five, ten minutes and he'll be, you know, blowing. But I, I, I want him to stay now for another season. I want him to finish his career with us now after that. Um, I know he's not going to play like that week in, week out, but he is just invaluable. Um but going to the the rest of the lads, they they you know we looked in control, um, we 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 sort of always looked comfortable, um, even like Colin said when Rosman had their spell, Ruddy wasn't really tested to be fair because we were just blocking everything, we were just determined to keep that clean sheet and it was like um, it was really refreshing. It's like going back to the the Blues of old really, and I think the major I think the major influence as well was keeping a fairly basic uh, formation. It's like back to basics and that's that's the result you get. So yeah, really happy, really chocolate. Well, that up. is that is Mark. A Birmingham City team is back to basics, right? Mm. Back to basics. Play the game how we play the game. Mm. Don't worry about your opposition. You know, I mean, you know me in four four two. It wasn't four four two on Saturday. It wasn't four four two. No, it, it was, was no. I, was, I know, uh, I know, but like, 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 <clears throat> it, it was, was simplified. Was, was it four three two one? Yeah, yeah four two three one really. Yeah. House. Um, it's worth a shout out and a couple of the shout out box already. Uh, Jim Toner, long as improved, deserves a mention. Yes. Great finish. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fun there. Yeah. You was at the game. Let's have your take. Um, I think four two three one changed it really, and I'm glad that he did. He actually, he actually went at them. I mean, they weren't really giving a, giving anything anyway. Um, I think with having pace as well, I think Kadra's pace was phenomenal. Um, I would sign him up as soon as possible. Yeah. But I think the main thing is is that if you look at the championship team of the week, we've got three of our back four in there. And I think mm. that shows a massive difference as well. I do think Long has improved. He does. He's a very much get rid of it kind of player. So if if in doubt, he does kick it out, which can sometimes be a bit frustrating. But I just think, like, I think 
um, Chang was brilliant as well. Um, at one point, we had two 18-year-olds in yeah. the middle, and I think that's got to be a way forward. Hopefully, if we can, you know, cement that we're still in the division, I think we need to start bringing in some of the youngsters. Um, but I thought Chong was good as well. I just think that everybody just picked it up, and they all knew what they were doing. And I think, you know, Eustace played it right, I think. Yeah. Chong, Chong for me was phenomenal, I, I, I promise you. And, uh, you know, when he got the ball on the right-hand side, um, you, you just knew that he was going to beat that opposition player. And he was time after time after time he was doing it. Yeah, you just... Mm. And they got the balls into the box, which is what Jukovic is there. Sometimes, mm. though, I don't think we have enough players in there. But they were. it was ball in the box, ball in the box. And that's how we play. If you've got Jukovic in there, you've got to have people around him. And I yeah, think he yeah. did. I think he played it right this time. Cool. Alan, um, you were at the game. but um, I was. Yeah, but can I also ask you personally, why do you think why do you think Saturday was so much better than, than the last few weeks? Why was it so much better? That's a very mm. good question. Uh, well, I think your honesty there, old chap. <laughs> uh, I'll I t- I tell you what came across... Uh, First of all, the manager got things right. Uh, And I think, as I said last week, I think he didn't get things wrong the week before. He just, rather than twist, he stuck. Uh, And in the light of seven days, we've moved four four points on from those lot down the bottom. Uh, All all the three at the bottom, nil point since we played Wigan. Neil yeah. Plant. They've all played in the week as well. Still got nothing. So, uh, but the, what summed it up, for, first of all, about, you know, the poor bloke had his face kicked off. Shit. <laughs> 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 the kicked him, had it on. No. Yeah. But two minutes after, I mean, it took a long time to get the poor bloke back on his feet. He looked like a bus had hit him. Yeah. Uh, off he went. And it, within 15 seconds, uh, Harley Dean wins a header on the halfway line, takes out their bloke and Yuki, flattens the three of them, bang. And the six physios running on the pitch. It was a harder one. I could hear it. It was like skull against skull. It was awful. Go mm. with that game. Let's, you know, and that that was the, the kids, the kids added energy, which we certainly didn't have against Wigan. Um, and they played well. They, they affected the game. And this is what I've been sort of looking at these two lads. Do they affect the game? Yes, they work their nuts off. Yes, they run. But on Saturday, they both affected the game. And that's that's what pleased me more than anything. Do you think then, Alan, right, that's a great analysis, mate, nice one. Uh, but do you think then that um, uh, looking at the Birmingham City brick wall, which is what we demand as supporters, right, we demand that brick wall from every yeah. player, right, do you think these youngsters have picked up on that and thought, look what he's just done there, mate. I'm on this. I'm having some. Yeah, mm. yeah I think I, I, I think they've become moulded into the style of, 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 of the play. Mm. Uh, he, he, I, I still can't quite work out what uh, um, Hannibal's done, not to get a start, but mm. Uh, mm. He's, he's not moaned and he it comes out. That's why they didn't uh, want to Yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, 
but he he must he must be soon past that deadline so, so they they don't start counting up against him. But he he's everybody forgets he's only twenty, and Chang yeah. Chang get the right one. <laughs> Chang is only 22, 23. <laughs> we got our two lads who are eighteen, nineteen. Then we brought on. Uh, JJ. Yeah. Again, 18, 19. That's a big part of a squad to have babies in. You know, I know, I know, I know that the, the two X Men U players are perhaps a little, a level above, but that's, their legs are still only the same age yeah. and their, yeah. their, their mentality is still the same. Really? Yeah. And they're growing, they're growing. You could see it. Totally agree. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that's the game over and done with, ladies and gents, girls and boys, and we'll uh, <coughs> talk about the next game shortly. <coughs> Excuse me, joking. Uh, Colin, co uh, just before we start, Colin, uh, please don't take this the wrong way, but I swear you have a doppel doppelganger lookalike yeah. as an American serial killer, says Lillipad, not me, says Lillipad. Definitely Paul Hipkiss' love child, I don't care what you say. Don't I'm still waiting for the Peter Panu one, so... No, no, no. I'm disappointed <laughs> not. that's not arrived yet. So. Uh, don't, don't, don't swear in on here, that is. That, that, that won't be That'll be doing oh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, listen, uh, you know what? We have suffered intolerably as Birmingham City fans. Colin, you're a Birmingham City fan. You've suffered intolerably, like all of us, mate, like all of us, like your your son and perhaps, you know, well, your forefathers before you, I don't know. The levels of communication that come out of our football club have been dire. D-I-R-E, in capital letters, right? We had, we, it started to get brilliant, and it was it was superb when Davo and Claire were there, right? They were communicating on our level, football fans' level, every single day of the week. We were finding out what was happening, who was doing this, who was doing that. And for, for me, that was one of the best times of communication from Birmingham City Football Club ever. Full stop, with a big full stop after it. <clears throat> What's gone wrong, do you think? They got rid of Colin. <laughs> <laughs> it's um <laughs> going back there to you know to Davo and Claire, they were excellent, and that was in the time of Gary Monk. And and I think when when results are going well, okay, when the team's doing well and the team has a good bond with the supporters, um ev everything's swingly, but when it goes the other way, uh, I think that's when people pick up on maybe the communication isn't what it could be. And also, I would say, obviously, having been in the thick of it as well, there are times when you would maybe advise or say, we need to be doing this, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. the, the people who make those ultimate decisions wouldn't necessarily agree with you. Um, so there would be a frustration from within as well, that whereas you would want to be communicating, you'd want to be saying this, saying that, other people might be saying we're not doing that. And I think that is one of the problems that the club has had over the last few years, uh, and particularly towards the end of my time there. It was, you know, it was a source of frustration as well. Um, because ultimately, what is football without the fans? What, you know, and if you're not communicating with your fans um, to the satisfaction of, of the supporters, then we may as well all give up. But I'll I, I take your point, Nick. I mean, and I've been at the sharp end of that, and I, I bear some responsibility of that over the the, the, the uh, past few years. Um, and what I would say that, Colin, I absolutely respect you, mate. I promise you. No, it's it's I'm I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm quite prepared to, you know, to take any criticism I've had. But it, it's going behind the curtain. It, it's not as straightforward as many people believe. And match of the day. What a weird! I don't know if anybody else, any of your team watched it, but like, it was just the strangest, most bizarre thing ever. <laughs> The BBC should have just pulled that programme. Now, Mr Lindicry here has got his job back today. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Do you want to answer that, Colin? Um, <laughs> question <laughs> I, I, think, I think in Colin Nicker's case, it, he's because he's a freelancer, it, it was a bit of a grey area, so I think he felt mm-hmm. he could still put what he wanted to do on his own channels and the BBC obviously whether there was pressure from the government um, brought him to task on that um, so it, it's a very odd one uh, but it, as you said it was pretty remarkable watching match of the day it was it was it was surreal wasn't it it was mm. uh, like you said it, it possibly in hindsight <laughs> would have been would have been better had had they can the yeah, program they should have pulled the program yeah but but I think the curiosity got the better of so many people and there was Half a million more viewers, wasn't it? So, yeah. I prefer it. it. You enjoyed it? it. I thought did it was so much about, better. Did you enjoy it about not better. hearing the commentary? And what did you enjoy about not hearing a summary after the game? Because why do I need to know that he should have stood there when you know that he should have stood there? Why do I need to know that if they moved there, because then they moved there, then they moved there? there, well, there are there are people. In this country, you're as football savvy as Claire Giblin, and you're very football savvy, (laughs) right? And because some people need to be told these things. I get that, but if it's already happened, and like, for example, Mo Salah missed the penalty, I don't need to see it ten times to know that he didn't score a goal. And I'm not being funny, but Blues aren't on it, so I just want to see... Do you mean the half the time I actually watch it on catch up to skip it all? So twenty yeah. minutes. Yeah, I'm same as me. I do that. I do that. Yeah, yeah. Watch the commentary. people six million. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Nick, Nick, be putting aside uh, Mr. Lineker's salary, uh, and he probably gets a, a million or so from BT and, and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and as you quietly say, you know, we do this for the love of it. But we've all got opinions. Now, Gary Lineker's impartiality, to me, means he doesn't bull up Arsenal or Spurs over somebody else. That's as impartial as I want him to be. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, he can say what the hell he likes. It's a free country. Mm. It's different if you're a political journalist. Then your impartiality is about one political side or the other. You know, I used to, we all used to hate Gary Newman. Because he used to bull, bull up the villa against us all oh, the time. Do. Right? He still does. <laughs> now, if Gary Newbun was come out to say something political, which I agreed with, then I'd say, well, good on you. And if he said something political that I disagreed with, I'd still, well, you're still a big so-and-so, so-and-so, you villa so-and-so, so-and-so, wouldn't I? <laughs> now, I, if, if, you know, you probably read some of my blogs, how many of you read my political, you know, you think yeah. Gary Lineker's a bit of a one? Well, I'm going to hold my hand up and say, he's a wuss. You know, some yeah. of the things I tell I tell Sue, uh, Sue Ella Braverman to do. Yeah, uh, I can't believe that. <laughs> but it's, there's no place for that on this show. But but when I'm not... Without I'm not, a doubt, it's not what it's about. I'm making political it's comments to people. About that. Nobody gives a toss. Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree. 
totally agree. I totally agree. Um, we we'll go back to some of the earlier questions and, and doppelgangers. And uh, Colin, yeah. I don't know if you've heard a few of these, but first of all, Mark Meredith has said, uh, hi, Tats, long time no see. Hope you're doing well. All the best from Texas, from our uh, our American colleague, shall we say. Um, but Paul Hipkiss has said, uh, you're a dead ringer for Greg Wallace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Jason Hughes has said you're Beaker from the Muppets. <laughs> that was a bit hard. That's harsh. It's very hard. Lighting. Oh, the lighting. Uh, Pete Taylor has said Harry Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the, glasses, the glasses aren't right. The glasses aren't right for that. Colin, Colin, have you heard all these before? Uh, the Harry Hill one's an interesting one, but. Yeah. Greg Wallace, yeah, I've heard that one. That's that's um, yeah, that, that's that's a good one, a new one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the questions have started coming in on the shape box as well. So, oh, they um, have, yes, Colin, toughest manager that you've ever had to deal with at the club. Um, oof, that's a good one. Be honest, <laughs> um, just trying to think, there's been, there's been obviously a fair few. Um, in, in fairness, that I, I wouldn't say anyone's been particularly awkward. Uh, I think they've all been actually very good. Um, I've been banned by Trevor Francis and Steve Bruce, but I would say I get on well with both. Um, Steve Cottrell is is an acquired taste, very yeah. intense. So was his managerial style as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say there was anybody that um, either a I didn't get on with or found difficult to deal with. I think I always took the view that everybody's uh, different. We, we we have jobs to do, whether I was a journalist or working for the club. Um, and everyone's different. Um, and one guy I always, I've got a lot of time for is Lee Clark. Lee, and I think if he had his time over again, yeah, it just makes sense. He almost tried too hard. He, and, he, Colin, sorry, he, I'm really going to interrupt him. Did you see the Lee Clark interview on yeah. here? Yeah, my God, really, really my God, that yeah. man yeah. had got so much passion for that football club. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with what you said. If he had his time over again, different story. Yeah, uh, uh, before that question was before you answered that question, actually, um, Colin, a lot of people were saying the same thing. Cottrell, surely, surely it's still Cottrell, Cottrell, Cottrell. Cottrell. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. I mean, Steve, Steve was fine with me. The relationship as a head of media and a manager is obviously different than it would be if you were a journalist and 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 you were dealing with the club and, and that's the manager. Um, but yeah, he he was he was very intense. But I I can't really say a, a bad word about him because I I just speakers are fine and he, he was fine with me. Maybe other people will have a different view. Um, but again, over recent times, I mean, you look how many managers we've had in a, such a short space of time, whereas previously. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trevor Francis, Steve Bruce, they uh, good, good goes at it, which is something I'd love uh, in the future that we can get back to, give a manager backing and time to actually put something into place rather than hire, fire, here we go, um, rinse and repeat. That's something which has to change. Absolutely. Right. What about, what about, is, is a proper good question for you. I know I, I think this guy... Uh, and he's worked at the top level in football, right? Gianfranco Zola, right? Who was Birmingham City's manager and was told to play football that Birmingham City do not do. 
We don't do tippy tappy. We're four four two four two three one clear the weekend, and I know it worked right, but that's our style. Our style is the brick wall, right? You ain't going to run through me, mate. And then he was told to change it to a ridiculous con. Do you think had we not had those owners giving those directions that we would have been a lot better off having that that guy as a as a football manager? Really interesting question, that Nick, and it's a really interesting period for the club. That was at a time a lot of a lot of people won't know that um, certain the board changed and the directive from a certain person who was in the background then. You don't name that certain person. I can't know. Okay. You all know who I'm on about. Um, but that directive came through that this is how we want. I want the club to be. Name manager comes in. Gary Rowett goes. And what I will say about Gianfranco Zola from. In all my dealings in football with people I've had, whether as a journalist, um, working for a club, or as a fan, uh, I, I've never known such a, a nicer guy uh, of that level, you know, world-class ability. And again, he probably tried to do things too fast too soon. And I know he regrets maybe uh, it didn't work with his backroom staff. There was tensions there in between them. And but, I think- was that his edict to do that, though? Sorry, he's edict to was that his edict to do that to change the style. Yes, was that's he told that, change the yeah, style of football. That's now? why they. That's why what the board and and the owner, shall we say, brought him in because they wanted a different style of football to the, the what Gary Rout was producing, um, and it, it went too quickly. You know, too soon. Uh, a load of players came in. You still had a lot of Gary Rout's players there, and as as we saw recently with you know when Harry Redknapp and there was a lot of players coming in and a big turnover of players, it doesn't work. And I know, I think he would have uh, brought in a different backroom staff. Um, and But for bits here and there, you know, first game, was it Michael Kiftenbell missed from six yards? Uh-huh. You can see very last minute. Sliding doors, if things go differently, because there were some good spells that we did play some excellent football. I think 20 minutes, 40 minutes against Leeds, I think it was. It was Fantastic football, but you it can't was like go one to the other, can you, quickly? Um, and the other thing, just quickly, what I'd say about Gianfranco, um, he, he so much wanted it to work, very much like Lee Clark. And when when it became clear that the club, um, I was called to the boardroom to say, look, prepare a statement, you know, Gianfranco, um, we're releasing him, we're sacking him tonight. And I went back down to the dressing room and he was in a side... Quick question, dressing. sorry. Did, did Gianfranco know that at that time, or were you told first? Um, I, th- I think after... I can't remember what game it was, but I think he knew the writing was on the wall. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so anyway, I, I went up and, and was told to prepare something, and then I think he was either called... Um, and so I, I went back down to the dressing room, and he was in a, a the coach's anteroom dressing room, and he just wanted um, 10 minutes on his own. And he was just completely and utterly broken. Um, and I'm not saying I felt sorry for him, but you, you had to have some empathy with, with the guy. And when he came out, um, we announced that he had gone. And I said, look, the media, I wanted to speak to you. Do you want to do that? You know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure they'll understand. He said, no, I want to go to speak to everybody. And he went out for about half an hour. Uh, and this is a guy who's just lost his job and still spoke um, with real class and dignity uh, and, you know, how things didn't work out. And he, he understood he was always 
in a difficult situation, replacing Gary like it was. It was very controversial, as we know. Um, and, and it all stuck with me that, you know, a guy who's seen it and done it and played at the mm -hmm. highest level, he, he was absolutely distraught that it didn't work out for Birmingham. And on a, on a human level, you know, I, I really felt for him. And sometimes wow. as fans, we, we get frustrated with player A, B or C. You know, he's terrible. He's not doing this. The manager hasn't got a clue, this, that, the other. But sometimes we also forget they're like us as well. They they feel it inside and, and almost... human. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and obviously because they have the weight of everything on their shoulders, the selection, all the supporters, everything. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that that, that night that um, he was dismissed and, and the way he handled it. And there's a man, Colin, who wasn't good enough for Birmingham City, but they're working for Chelsea. Yeah. It's... Does that not sum it up? <laughs> look. Look, again, uh, I think uh, he was probably they in the wrong, wrong place, wrong time. And, and I'm sure Claire, Allen, Mark, Chris, Craig, Birmingham City have just announced Gianfranco Zola as a manager. <laughs> like, we're doing headstands. Yeah? It, was, yeah? it was bizarre, wasn't it, at the time? Because, I mean, like I say, yeah. we'd, won, we'd won the night before and we were just looking at the playoffs all of a sudden. And then next morning, couldn't believe it when, uh, you know, you saw that Rabbit had been sacked and Zola was coming in. What's going on here? You know, shock. Yeah. I think it was more Mark, shock. I don't. Think, I don't generally think anybody was happy that he came in, not with what he had done previously, because but, he was uh, but, previously. It was a name. It was a name. But, it was a name, and that's name, the problem. Yeah, if it's a name, yeah, right. you but, know, like you know, like for example, Boya. He obviously he wasn't a name, but he's an ex-player. You got Redknapp was a name. Things like that. So obviously they went for names instead of going for who mm. was who committed properly. But uh, I always I always remember his first game as manager. We played Brighton. Mm. Brighton's manager was our ex manager, um, Chris. Just tell me your surname quickly. Hewton. Um, Hewton. Yeah. And we made a substitution. We were winning, and we made a substitution which nobody at the time could understand. Uh, and uh, we got beat 2-1 and it was in the right back area we were trying to stop somebody and I think it was he'll come to me in a minute but anyway it didn't work and I was thinking what chance have we got when we've got a manager to be fair he's only been in the, through the door 20, 12 hours right he doesn't know any of our players but the opposition manager knows them all and he picked out that the weak spot in our side made a substitution Won the game. Now, that to me was, it, uh, uh, you know, I always say to people, whether you're Jonathan Lecco or Gianfranco Zola, these people don't select themselves, right? Somebody says, you're good enough, you're in the side. Now, that may turn out to be true or not. You can't blame the person necessarily mm. for having a go. Mm. And it's... You know, the buck stops somewhere. And, and as, as we've discussed endlessly, our problem is we don't know where the buck stops because we don't know where it's going. And But in those days, in those days, we did. We did. And nobody, in the end, all the rubbish got thrown at Gianfranco Zola, not to the person who suddenly turns, turns a Gary Rabbit side in, and we've got we've got five Italian coaches who all want to play your beauty for the game, right? 
uh, and we, we 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 got blokes in and like, oh, oh, like we've got now, we want to get to, get stuck in, throw their heads at balls, blah blah blah. Not balls. Yeah. Mm. Actually, right. Colin, Colin, Colin. Right. Uh, we as Birmingham City fans have been probably through the worst period since the Kumars just recently. Just recently. And I remember driving into the car park behind the old asbestos cock and, you know, breaking a coil spring on every hole that was in the tarmac there to go and park your car for a pound. Now, what is it you can tell us, and this is only what you can tell us, yeah, about after grounds, huh? the training grounds burned down. Huh? We've got street food. What can you tell us about yeah. We love straight food. Straight food, straight food. Shove it, shove it. Give me a bone. You're going to get your kicked in. <laughs> hey. I'm, I'm calling bingo already, Chris. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I got through. <laughs> uh, What's our straight uh, food? Colin, what can you tell us as supporters, because you have more knowledge than we do, about the hierarchy of Birmingham City Football Club? What do you want to know? Who owns us? Let's. Let's see what happens with the EFL and if there is uh, a further charge um, on the horizon. Why should that make a difference between what we don't know and what somebody else might know? Um, I, I think... I don't want to put you in a bad position. No, no, no. no. I, think please, most, I think most of us please, know who... Please, please, don't put yourself in a bad position by answering a question that is too sensitive. Don't. No, Just no, say I'm no, not no, going to go there. It's OK. I think most of us know who... Who the ultimate um, string puller is, shall we say? Um, and that's something that the EFL have been trying to get to the bottom of as well. Um, and I think uh, it's it is the beginning of the end. I think, uh, although it still might take a while, uh, I, I can't see how the, the the current scenario can continue um, very much longer. In all honesty, uh, because it's got to a breaking point. And I think obviously the noise is that. You know that we know of them from the Far East and Hong Kong and, and Cambodia. That certain people know that their time is up in in many respects. So right. now it's just a question of a uh, a consortium or a group or whoever how they can get a deal done and structured. Which is this, this is the immediate thorny issue. And so I'm going to go back to some of the questions on the shape box. Um, there's loads, there's loads. Mark Meredith asks a really good question, and it's uh, actually in line with uh, changes at the uh, the Birmingham Mail as well. Um, so first of all, um, congratulations, Brian, on the new role. Hope you go on to do uh, to do well, and uh, welcome. Uh, I think it's Alex to the uh, the fold of writing for for Birmingham. But Mark's question is: um, Tats, you're as we all know a massive blue nose. Mm-hmm. You wrote for the mail, you wrote for the club, and you always had a fan's point. Just like his cousin Matt, and in brackets he has put, with Villa, and also with the new Blues writer Alex admitting today that he didn't follow the Blues, does it make a difference to the way, as a journalist, you can kind of write your articles and be a fan of the club at the same time? It's it's a really good question, that, and it's one that is always asked in, in throughout the years in journalism, isn't it? Um, I think personally, 
it helps if you are a fan of the club that you're covering, uh, as long as you don't get too myopic and you you actually you know you forget the journalistic principles and what you're there to do, because I think you need to have that passion, that understanding of the club, the community, the support. Um, but it's not to say that um, you know a fan of a club can't report on that club, um, right. if that makes sense. It, it, it's really it's a really interesting subject isn't it um i suppose it's like footballers that you know if you're a, an aston villa fan and you play for birmingham city what's the difference uh, you know you're still there to do a job aren't you? couldn't do it couldn't do it <laughs> yeah mm. you're still there to do a job but i, I think it, it does help you know if if you have that affinity or you've been say brought up watching the club or you're aware of the um um the, the sort of community and the passions and the and the support and, and what that fan base is like. I think that does help, but it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, have to be. You, know, you have to support that club to cover it. I don't think. Colin, because yeah. with everything you've just said, I know obviously you kind of knew what was happening. You know, with like Dong and everything. Was it really hard not to kind of? say anything or do anything because obviously lots of things are coming out from ex-players like Stockdale and things mm. like that and you knew what was going on behind the scenes as a massive Birmingham City fan what was it like to have to kind of not say anything or bite on hard not to yeah because yeah yeah again it would have been so difficult to not say anything knowing that it was yeah. happening yeah, a really good question, and and the way I'd answer that, I I would say it was um, it, it was very very fraught, very uh, testing, very frustrating, and and the last I'd say eighteen months to two years that I was at Blues, um, the, the the mental and physical stresses that you were under because you were there, you knew what was going on. And maybe the wider public didn't, and you were frustrated because if you were on the other side of the fence, um, obviously you'd be pretty outraged. It was very difficult to to marry up the two for working for the club and wanting to do what's right for everyone. It, it, it's pretty impossible, to be honest. Um, so it was a very difficult, very stressful time. And people will turn around and go, ah, oh, yeah, but you work for the club, you did this, you did that, you took the money. Yeah, but again, as Nick just said there, I always tried to do what was best um, for the club and as a whole, even if yeah. some of the things you wouldn't agree with and you would stand up, you would say certain things, whether that got um, acted upon or the advice or whatever um, was done, that's another story altogether. Um, but yeah, it was a very testing time as an individual. And when um, I eventually uh, I did leave, um, I, I must admit, I didn't realise how mentally drained I was um, for weeks on end. I mean, I was absolutely devastated to obviously leave the club with my connections and how long. Was it your choice? Uh, I'll come to that in a minute. Um, okay. But I was... I was mentally physically drained i didn't realize how much of a, a toll it was taking and that's everything and i'm not looking for sympathy or anything but that's just what it can be like when you're on the inside of a football club knowing a lot more um you know than than, than most people do 
not sure if that's answered answered the question very well, but um, well, yeah, it, it was a it was a it, it became quite crazy towards the end. Let's put it that way. And actually, it was Colin, that's very difficult for everybody there. Colin, that's answered the question. Uh, yeah. well. Colin, uh, Colin, well. uh, yeah, you you have answered that very well, and, and I'm just thinking to myself. I'm looking at your face. Uh, and it obviously brings back that stress. Imagine, imagine if you were Gianfranco Zola. <laughs> uh, yeah, Colin, someone, someone's asked, um, what was the first game you ever reported on? Properly was um, West Ham United versus Coventry City. And I um, did a runner for the Sports Argus. I was only a young kid. The pink. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Coventry actually won. It must have been in 86. 86, I think. And then I started to cover Wolves and then obviously moved on to Birmingham City. Um, yeah, so a long time ago. They were just phasing out typewriters. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a, this Bulls is a good que- this is a good question as well. It's from uh, Adam Wilkes. He says, um, uh, did Bulls Colin Argus. ever want wow. to slip the truth out via a third party so the rumours would stop? Um, I'd like to think I was professional and didn't talk out of turn or didn't betray any trusts and or secrets for um, the club that I was working for, which was Birmingham City. Yeah, but do you ever think, like, I need this, I need this rumour to stop. I, I've got to get, got to get it, I've got to get the truth out somehow. I, oh, if, Did you ever if, think? If there was, that... if there was rumours that were wrong, obviously as part of your job as a head of media and comms, you would, speak to journalists and stuff and and yeah brief them but um not on the flip not on the other side about getting information out there to sort of like you know that would damage the club oh, i'd never do that and i've never done that but on the flip side if it's like you know um rumors that are going around which were completely wrong you would actually be act, act, uh, proactive to tell people look that that isn't the case this is what the case is you'd, you'd definitely do that obviously you know like you know Fish ponds and people and stuff like that, you know, just just silly little things. Yeah. Colin, can I just sorry, sorry, Chris, can I just ask Colin? Did did any of the players sort of see you as the link? You know, look for assurances from you. Do they ever sort of seek you out for like a quiet word and say, "Come on, touch," you know, what's going on? Did, did it, you get any of that from the playing staff? Yeah, I, I, I think right. because I was a little bit longer in the tooth, and I, I'm, you know, I'm not a twenty year old kid going into the position I went into. I think, yeah, a, a lot of the players they would ask what's happening because obviously you'd be dealing with uh, people at board level, management level, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, yeah, a, a lot of, a lot of the, the players would. And obviously the period I was there for head of major at comms, it's been pretty torrid as we know, hasn't it? So mm-hmm. you would get a bit of that. And I, I would try also to sort of help players if I could um, and even managers and, and try and give advice with, with managers on not just, you know, on, on t- in terms of media and and how uh, supporters might be feeling, but but also um, how to maybe uh, deal and approach um, the owners, how to how to best do that to you know for your own advantage. So Good there was question. a lot. There was a lot of things like that uh, aside from what the obvious parts of the job were, Mark. Really, um, mm. but I think that's come with. Uh, the experience that I had and obviously the, the, you know, being a bit longer in the tooth, like I said, as if I was a 20 year old lad, you know, going into sort of um, 
be, be heading up the media and look after the manager and players. Um, mm. One of the other questions that's actually come in, I think, links nicely to that, Colin, and that's that oh. you're obviously writing about your club for the Mail. Then you got that opportunity to come to Birmingham to do the job as you did uh, as as that mm. head of communications. How the question is, how did it feel to actually not jump ship from from journalism into what you were doing, but actually to to go into an area of the club you loved? And having that opportunity to actually do things for the club instead of writing about them all the time, it it was um it was a big a big decision to make because obviously I'd been at the mail for so long, and you know from going from one side of the fence to the other, um, but at that time in my life and the way it was going at the mail, um, I, I needed to do it, um, but then going into seeing how a club operates, not necessarily just Birmingham, but obviously the dealings I've had with um, my counterparts at other clubs. Um, the football world and industry is a balmy, balmy place. It's like no other uh, business community. Things are done which you wouldn't believe. And I must admit, when I went there, I found it an eye-opener initially about the way things were done and, and how decisions, <laughs> decisions were made, rather than reporting on stuff and maybe not you know, scratching the surface as much. It was, it was very much an eye opener. But on the other side of that, I, I felt my experience that I'd had doing the job I'd had did help the club uh, in many respects. And, and of course, the way that the media has, even in, that, in the last ten years, has has changed. I think it was, it's it's a big part for every club now. Colin, one of the other questions it's actually come on multiple times now is that's a good one. This the. In regards to your favourite game to have ever covered, is it fair to say mm. it was the Carlin Cup final? I mean, it, that has to be. Uh, that mm. That's almost... I can die happy. I'm sure a lot of Blues fans felt the same. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah. We, we, totally we, agree, yeah. I, I keep saying this. We, we win a major trophy uh, once every 48 years. So it means that much more to us. Mm. Um, and that was just, yeah, um, the second half against West Ham in the semi-final, <laughs> unbelievable. But and I always have a little bit of a bugbear about this, that, and I get it, and I was there as well and the emotional uh, at Bolton when we stayed up. Mm. But that was, we celebrating staying up, avoiding relegation. We should be competing to for trophies in finals we won one not a lot of teams can actually do that and it meant that much more because it it, it was it, it wasn't normal we haven't turned into a manchester city wouldn't it be great if we were celebrating being competitive getting into playoff finals getting into other finals staying in the premier league um but i do get it the emotion of that day at bolton as we all know mm. was and i think the the repercussions had we gone down would have been it would have been Armageddon, to be honest. Question, 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 question. Did you speak to David Allen after the uh, Liverpool fight? Uh, tried to, uh, tried to, um, but um, can't remember. Do you agree? Years. Do you agree that it was the biggest second football ever? I mean, the the the, the non penalty was mm. the AJ one, yeah. Crazy, yeah, and I think I think it was I think it was Michael Johnson. I think said whether he spoke to David Ellery or might have been. Stefan on show that um, he admitted, yeah, it was a foul all day long. 
And, and you know, after that that game, I always remember this. We talk about how managers feel it. I know people have got their views on Trevor, Trevor Francis. Um, I remember uh, after we'd done all the interviews and everything, all the celebrations had, had died down, going past uh, the Blues coach, it was waiting to leave. There was nobody on it. There was only Trevor on the front seat and he had a thousand yards there. He was bumped, gone. He would have loved to have delivered a trophy for us. And I don't think he's ever, I, I don't think he can ever get over that, what happened and with that penalty incident, as you mentioned. Yeah. And again, I'd, I'd, I would have loved for, you know, our greatest player to have mm. actually led us to a trophy. And wouldn't it have been lovely, Colin, for that man to not just <clears> be able to sit in the Blues Club shop with half the books that he'd want? Oh, what, a, what a ridiculous scenario. Craig, Craig, Colin, yeah, just on that, that point, you're talking obviously very passionately around Bolton. And earlier on, you mentioned um, around Lee Clark and, you know, the, the managerial side of things. Um, just thought I'd let you know that we've actually, I've actually had a text message from Lee whilst we have been talking. Yeah. And his immediate reply was, thank you for all of the kind words. Tats was an absolute top guy and you got three thumbs up from him. So, really uh, Lee, Lee was brilliant on the show, as you, you, yeah. you heard, and he has stayed in touch. And, and I know at some point we will get him back down to St Andrews to. The uh, one thing for me, Craig, about Lee Clark was when he jumped, well, just before he jumped, and he went, It's for you. It's for yeah. you. And that was for you. Boom. And That's remember when he kicked the advertising hoardings against Burnley yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Just, that, that was yeah. Lee, wasn't it? It was, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. And one of the other questions, and I think you've kind of touched on it a little bit, Tats, but your time at the club um, came to an end in a bit of a strange way. Uh, and, and people are saying they can pretty much understand and are guessing the name of, of some of the people, should we say, that were not as helpful uh, as maybe they, they could have been. But they've said, if you had the opportunity, would you ever go back? What, and do what I've done or in the future? Um, you'd never say never, would you? Um, no, no, it's it, it's my club, it's our club, you know. Of course, I'd, mm. I'd love to go back, but I can't see that happening in all honesty. Um, so I just have to sort of move on and and see what else is out there. Um, but yeah, if 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 the circumstances were right, I, I'd love to. You're listening to the Tilton Talk Show live every Monday, 6 30 pm, on Facebook and YouTube, and available as a podcast. From Tuesday, 12pm. One of the biggest privileges of my life was to cover this club for a paper like the Birmingham Mail Sports Argus. It's a massive responsibility. Uh, never, I never took it for granted. And then another privilege is to actually work for that club. And I always felt honoured and a sense of responsibility for what I was, what I was doing. And people might say that's oh, a bit, you know, romanticised. But I, I, take, I exactly take your point. It, it's, it, it's something that. Will, could never be taken away from me. And it's a moment in time. And reporting yeah. on that Carlin Cup win, um, I, I was, again, very, very emotional because that was a part of history. And I was reporting history of our club. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. when I'm long gone, that will still be there. So yeah. I, I, I've never taken anything for granted. And, you know, and, and I've probably been, you know, I've been very passionate. And that's probably why it hit me hard when I did leave because. That's all I've known my working life. I know. What are you? What are you? What are you doing now, Tuts? Um, 
Are you are you are you still 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 journalism? I I, I am uh, seeking employment, shall we say? Right. Yeah. Would you go on the radio? I tell you what. Anything, anything, yeah. yeah. Just, just, just to ca- carry on what Claire was saying, uh, w- would yeah. you go into radio or people have asked Like that BBC WM or even like Blues mm. TV or something like that, considering yeah, it, your background? It's whether it's yeah, it's, it's whether there's openings really. Um, that that's the diff, uh, the difference. So competitive, and at the moment there's no real openings. <laughs> so I'm just trying to look at various other things. So, but 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 that's life, you know. Things happen. Other people get made redundant, and you know I'm not um, I'm 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 not sort of getting the violin strings out or anything. There's a lot of people worse off than I am. So, but I'm just trying to you know crack on and and I'll. Uh, hopefully, I'll be back in some sort of capacity doing what I love, which is involved um, in football, whether that's working in it, uh, watching it, scouting it, writing um, about it. I don't know. So, and if the call if the call came from the other side of the uh, city, would, would you? Brownie. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. Nasty man. <laughs> yes. I could. I couldn't. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. No. I'd find <laughs> it very difficult. I remember no. when Colin, when Colin yeah. five million could you do it. No, nah. What's money? I, I, did, I just, I just find it very strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quick story: when when we uh, played Villa for the for the first time in a long time over at their place, obviously as club representatives, club media, you you've got your you know your nice club jacket with a with the with the crest on, and and I said to to the, the guys in the media team, right, everybody is wearing their blues gear to this game. And you know what? I was the only one that did. The rest of them oh, bottled man. it, wearing yeah. all, all the normal jackets because they thought, oh, it's going to be... And where you go to the press box, you're going through Villa fans as well. And they, they just left me on my Jack Jones. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Well, then yeah, Colin Tatton has just become a superhero. Now, we are, we are actually uh, running out of time, Tats. So um, we did ask you to prepare your 1 to 11. Hey, um, Crikey, we've got three minutes. So let's have a laugh. And uh... and also, Colin, uh, uh, once you've, you've finished that, I think you've still got a really close link into the club. Um, you, your son obviously playing for, for, for Birmingham. And I mean, it gets to know, like, you've reported on them, you've written about them, you've worked for them. Now you've got family involved. How, how does it feel to almost be a parent? On that side of things, looking in at the moment as well, it, it's very strange. Um, obviously, he's been there eight years all through the academy system. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very odd, and obviously, he was going through a time whether whether he get a scholarship or not at the time that I was leaving, shall we say? So it was very difficult, and in fairness to him. Um, he's shown great resilience and fortitude mm. to get to where he has done. And, you know, I, I, I'm very proud of him, obviously, as a parent. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. And I know how much it means to him to play for this club. Um, and nothing would give him more pleasure to actually, you know, to, to go on and, um, you know, get on, on the pitch in front of all the supporters. Um, mm. Whether that happens, that's another story, but um, and I've always tried to keep it a little bit low key because I've been in an odd situation where, like, your, your dad works for the club and you're there at the academy. Um, but it's it's the situation I found myself in the last couple of years has been um, 
positive in a way because I can go and watch him every Saturday as well. What, what position is he at? Mm -hmm. What position? Uh, centre, centre forward. Oh, we need one of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to go through it? Go on then. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then. Right. Um, Mike Taylor in goal. Yay. Yeah. I think at the time in the Premier League, he was outstanding uh, for us and, and the best British goalkeeper, non-foreign goalkeeper for one season alone. And I think he's been a great servant. And I've mm. gone with a back four, Stephen Carr, Joe Gallagher, Michael Johnson, Malcolm Page. I've gone there with a lot of longevity with some of the names, three of the names, and Stephen Carr, uh, absolutely outstanding captain, outstanding player. Mm. Considering he, he was retired and just doing bits in the gym okay. and, and then came to us and captained us, played 100-odd games. Unbelievable. Uh, and then I'm, I'm having two midfielders, two holders, Gary Pendry, because Gary can play anywhere. Oh, my and, God, what a player. And I wouldn't want to face Gary as a holding midfielder on the opposition. Uh, next to him, I've gone... I was looking at Ferguson, Barry Ferguson, Robbie Savage. I've gone with Brian Hughes. Yeah, brilliant. Um, fantastic talent. And then a sort of three of Trevor Francis, Christoph DeGarry, Stan Lazaridis. I've gone for those three behind Big Bob Blatch. Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting saying there's only one player who started, you know, in the yeah. Carling Cup final winner. And I think that yeah. tells you a lot about there we go. how, yeah, and how good a team that we were. Maybe weren't outstanding individuals, but what a team that was that won that trophy. Yeah. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're into the last 15 minutes. And um, as you can see, Mrs. Brown, there he is, uh, with his headphones on. He goes, with a rather large zit on the top of his <laughs> it's head. It's not a zit. Uh, it's where he broke his unicorn uh, horn off over the weekend. Uh, have a look at it. Have a look at it. Right, Chris, yeah. zoom in. And there it is. In oh. reality, ladies and gentlemen, what he did in a drunken state he was in, as always, he walked into the corner, like that, into the corner of a shop. So the last 15 minutes, anything to do with football, and a corner. Hmm. That's <laughs> good. Cool. I don't want... In his head. <laughs> a corner shop. <laughs> corner shop. <laughs> Last 15 in the corner. So, football in the corner shop. A corner shop or any shop? Uh, what's inside a corner shop? A corner shop, whatever. Oh, so it's anything inside a shop, basically. All right, Jerry. What about Jerry Till? <laughs> He's still not funny. Jerry Till. No, no, no. None of us are laughing, mate. You're going to get a prize. Oh, Claire laughed. I did laugh, wind. but I thought that was yeah, a good problem. Oh, yeah. stop it. Yeah. Okay, so we've got... Um, she Har had wind again. Uh, Harley Beans. <laughs> Peter Till. Yeah, we got... Uh, mm. Otter Chocolate. Oh, uh, we've got uh, Fags and Blues. Fags and Blues. Fags and Blues. Dearly had a 10 pence mix-up. <laughs> David <laughs> Celery. David, what's that? Celery. David Salarina, oh. Ellery. Yeah. Oh, the ref, yeah. This this actually should be quite easy. Uh, Spam Lazaridis. Eric Tin Caratana. <laughs> uh, Dilly had a bag of sweets. <laughs> Who did it? Who did it? Dilly had a bag of sweets. Uh, that was a lily. <laughs> Stephen Carr. Sorry, oh, this is a... trickled yet, so you're not the winner. <laughs> uh, I think this is a good uh, Stephen Carr Parts magazine. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I'll have uh, uh, Nigel Rhea Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> then, hey, let me shake, Craig, please. 
Otto cross bun. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say Nicky <laughs> but plug. Uh, meal deal. He had a bowler. Mm. That's clever. Mm. Lemonade yeah. bowler. Salt and Lineker. Pat Rice. Dirty mag. Dirty mags. Dirty mags. Omer. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, Oliver beer off. Bye for Foster's. What about what about Oil Quinn? What about Oil- what? Oil Quinn. Oil. 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 Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. better, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ricky Otto Crossbow. <laughs> Open all Tony Towers. Tony Magazine Towers. Magazine Magona. That was player, Colin, wasn't it? Tony Towers. What a player. John Stonebank Pizza. Barry Mark Fish. Bert Murray Mint. What about Brian? What about what about Brian Liddell? Brian Liddell, yes. Check and die sauce. Stop it! <laughs> Pickering onions. Uh, Barry Fry's chocolate. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Twenty Paul Lambert and Butler. <laughs> oh my god! These are terrible. That's they are, right, mate? <laughs> Oh, Carrier Baggio. <laughs> Carrier Baggio. <laughs> Carrier Baggio. That's good. Did you have Nacho? He's a footballer, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Play for Rangers, still, Nacho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still not very good, but yeah. Uh, Paul Dempsey. He was a crisp. He, was a crisp, <laughs> he had a crisp shot on him. Glad to be the south as well. Uh, Thanks for that, Claire. I'd have been silent for the rest of the night without that fine. thing. <laughs> I'll laugh at yours, but nobody laughs at mine. It's fine. Uh, Colin Titus. Pat Rice. Dilly Aldi. Michael Tim Morrison. Tim Flowers. Jason Park Drive. Michael that Morrison. <laughs> That's a good one. I've the supermarket. <laughs> person immediately. Uh, Matt Cashback. <laughs> 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 John Joe Top Shelf. <laughs> that, that, that's brilliant. I'm loving it. <laughs> clever, clever. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they. I don't know how they come up with it. I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> uh, Tate and Lyle Taylors. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, very clever, very clever. Uh, we've got uh, we've got four five minutes left. Uh, I think we need to get on, move on to the game as well. Hold on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's all be quiet. Colin's got this one. Come really on, worth waiting for. Let's get the popcorn out. No, come here, come here. Uh, buy one, get one, Karen Fry. Yeah, no. Very good. Yeah, no, we're worth the wait. We'll see. That's terrible, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> I'll go for Barry Fry's Turkish delight. Yeah, done that one. Oh, have we? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Check and door the counter. <laughs> Dearly had a bowl of curry sauce. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a new uh, restaurant. That's not a shop, is it? Come uh, on. Frank Scratch Card. Um, uh, Scott Minto. Karen Gravy. I'm Gravy. <laughs> Craig, match tomorrow. Watford. Aye. Uh, uh, yeah, fancy us to take a draw down there. Um, right. I think it'll be a hard four. 1-1. One, one. <coughs> that one. I'm going to go nil, nil one. Well, what, or one nil to Watford. Who's going? Yeah, I'm, I'm, going. I'm going. I'm going. Oh, I can't make it. Whoa, stop. You ready? Scales. <laughs> no, he's not. And, and the weekend for QPR. Um, I actually fancy the result going there. So I, I think we'll, we'll, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll beat them 2 1. I can see yeah. him scoring, but I think we'll beat them 2 1. Yeah. I think I, I think um, I think we'll get a draw tomorrow. I think we'll scrape a draw. And I think, mm. same as you, Craig, I think 1 1 tomorrow, 2 1 Saturday. Colin, what do you think? I think Watford, um, Chris Wilder's first home game, isn't it? But it, it just sounds very strange down there at the moment. A uh, bit of a mishmash. Managers come in, go, going, players here, there, everywhere. I, I don't know. It, it, it's set up. We could get something. I'd, mm. I think a draw. I'd, I'd take a draw. And QPR, you just don't know. Okay, they beat Watford, didn't they? But they've been on a terrible run. It's it's the sort of game we could win. Yeah, I, if yeah. we could get four points from these two games, brilliant going into the break. Brilliant. Certainly mm. right. Uh, Alan, what do you think? Yeah, I'll take four points from the two. Uh, I'm not quite sure which way round we get them, but I think we're going to get a win out of one or the other. Uh, the good thing was that QPR beat Watford last Saturday, so mm. we've got a QPR and they will not be on their first win under the new manager. That's 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 a good omen. Not that I actually believe in omen. Uh, I... I <laughs> I can't argue which way around it because I think they could win them both. Equally, they could draw them both. But I don't think we're going to get beat twice. Put it that way. Can I, can I just say? Can I just say as well? I, I think dare I say I think we're safe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do. I think we'll get a draw. I think yeah. I, I'll be happy with a draw tomorrow. Um, yeah, and I think we can beat QPR. I just I hope we turn up. Hopefully, I can get there for kickoff. But yeah, I just think you know QPR. They're a funny side. Um, I didn't think that they blew us away when they came here. I thought no. Watford didn't blow us away either. Um, but again, against a new manager, we'll just see what happens. Hopefully, like um, Alan said, let's get four points. Let's, you know, solidify it. Let's make it so we're safe and we can get I'll get it. I'll get it all clear. I promise I do. Uh, right towards the end of the show tonight. So, Colin, uh, sum up what you think the next you know, three years of Birmingham City Holds. Oh, blimey. I'm sorry, mate, but like, you oh. know what? That's not a lot to ask, is it? Um, <laughs> oh, goodness me. Okay. Um, change for the better because right. it no, has no, no. to be. Don't, it has to change. What, 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 what I want you to do, Colin, is, 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 is think. I want you to 
proper sum up what is going to happen to Birmingham City in the next three years. I don't think he's got a crystal ball. Um, in the next well, few years, I can only see his head in his shoulders. Oh, <laughs> ownership change, uh, a, a vision, uh, an identity, and we get a connection back with um, supporters, and also uh, the germ of an idea or the formulation um, to move to a new stadium. There you go. And do you think, do you think, Colin, that the EFL are out to get us again? No. Um, if you break the rules, you have to suffer the consequences. Um, I'm pretty sure the EFL would want ownership change and they would want um, the problem to go away in that respect, i.e. new people coming in so they can deal with new people and not have to address the problems historically that they are currently addressing. Which is fine, but what about the fit and proper persons test? Um, in in what in what respect, Nick? In the respect that we are in the dungeons that we're in, right? Because of the fit and proper persons test mm. was not conducted correctly, right? We are looking at a hairdresser. My son's a hairdresser. He struggles to pay his mortgage, mate. Huh? We're looking at a hairdresser buying a multi-million-pound football. That was the Premier League, don't forget, not the... No, granted, and I know that, right? But why haven't they been out to account? I think the the EFL aren't uh, a massive cash-rich organisation, and I don't think you have to prove a lot to be uh, a director or an owner of a club, which they are obviously now tightening up on that, and then a government regulator should also enhance that. Um, I have some sympathy with the EFL, um, but it, it's difficult to police. It, it, it's been like the Wild West, hasn't it? Okay, yeah. cool. Nick, we're going we're gonna to have to wrap it up, Nick. So if you want to... Uh, oh, you wait! Got 30, you've got 33 seconds to... Uh, say 33 goodbye. seconds. Clegg, goodbye! Goodbye, keep right on. If you see me at the Blues, say goodbye. Hello. Mark? Oh, sorry, yeah, I was right. Uh, yeah, have a good week, everyone. Stay safe and keep right on. Alan? Yeah, looking forward to... Uh, Two away visits near home. <laughs> um, yeah, all the very best to everybody and uh, keep right on. Uh, Craig. Uh, good night, everyone. We'll say watch out for some announcements around some other great guests that are going to be joining us over the next few weeks. Well, and Nick, also. Colin's coming back, is he? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Colin, welcome back anytime. Yeah, I'd love um, to. Be fun. It's been Colin, great. Thanks for having Colin, me. Right, Colin, right, you know what? You've summed up so much good things tonight and you've been so dead honest and so open. 11 seconds. If you want to come on next week, every week, and this is what we did declare the other week, because she is so good at analysis, you're very welcome here every single week. From me, Chris Brown, Mark Evans, did you say goodbye? I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chris Brown! We love you, what more can we say? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.